1850, Austria, which was one of the major powers at the Congress of Vienna, was the dominant power on the Italian peninsula, which largely interfered with any kind of chances of Italy unifying. But that would soon change. So, like I said, Austria was largely dominating the Italian peninsula. But as time went on, people began to look at the northern Italian state, so this was in the north of Italy, and this state was called Piedmont. In 1852, the king of Piedmont appointed Camillo Cavour to be his prime minister. And Cavour was a really good prime minister. He very much industrialized Italy. He, uh, Italy really grew economically throughout the next couple of years. However, even though Italy was doing very well and was really gaining resources, its army, Piedmont's army, was not yet strong enough to defeat the Austrians. So Piedmont knew they needed a stronger ally. They needed an ally, period, someone to help them win this war. So Cavour, the prime minister, he turned to France, and France and Cavour made an alliance. Now, France wasn't going to do this for free. In return for helping, for France helping them, Cavour gave up the northern Italian province of Savoy. And this is an example of an Italian, uh, of sort of harsher and more realistic Italian policies. Now, Cavour was all about being more realistic and harsher. He wasn't about being idealistic, about doing policies that would help everyone. In order to make change, you need to sacrifice. Now, with the help of France, Cavour was able to defeat the Austrians and take them out of his area. But Italy wasn't quite yet unified yet because he needed to get the southern territories. So Cavour wanted to acquire some southern allies. Now in Sicily, which was an island off of, uh, off of Italy, there had been a new province that had kind of emerged, and that was called the province of Sicily. And in the province of Sicily, a new leader had arisen. Giuseppe Garibaldi was a dedicated patriot, and he had raised an army of volunteers, so people were very, very, very devoted to him. Now, the French during this time had ruled a lot of southern Italy, but thanks to the military genius and the military skill of Garibaldi, as well as to nationalism and inspiration from different writers, the Sicilians, the people of Sicily, were able to unify. And in addition to that, they were able to take over and unify all of southern Italy. Now, at this point, the North had unified, and the South had unified. And the only problem now was just uniting Northern Italy with Southern Italy. In 1861, both of the leaders, so in the North was Cavour, and in the South was Garibaldi, they had united their two territories. So they both moved to Rome. And they wanted to kind of talk it out and unify in Rome. But the Pope was not happy with that. 
Good thing for them, the Pope literally had no army to support him. So, in the end, he wasn't really able to oppose and Rome would be the capital again. So if you remember all the way back to the Roman Empire, that's when it was the capital last. So finally, Roman, Rome would be a capital again. But this time, a new nation had emerged. And this nation was called Italy. Great, so Italy had united. Only problem was, was it to be a monarchy or was it to be a republic? So Cavour basically convinced Garibaldi to retire to his farm and allow the king of Piedmont, uh, who would eventually go on to become a new king. So in the end, Italy became a monarchy. Cool, so we finished Italy. Now let's move on. For a long time, there had been a lot of factors that were preventing Germany from uniting. Firstly, there was Germany's geography, it was divided into different religions, and it all had, it was divided into a bunch of different political states, and all the political states were very, very different, ruled in uh, many different ways. But somehow, against all odds, Germany was able to unite. Next episode, we look into the crazy story of how.